from 87 Lafayette. It's Coronapod. I'm Matt. And I'm Adam. Almost halfway through week five, Adam. We're... I don't know. We're not even getting there. Forget it. I'm feeling great. I'm feeling great. You know, you did have an incredible success today. My sourdough came out so well, I feel like I finally understand. It's so many parts, but I feel like they all kind of came together. Um, project at work finished today, starting a new one tomorrow. So right now, like, don't have anything on my mind. Just had like delicious leftovers. Pacti and I are going to marinate a leg of lamb. Organized a, uh, you'll enjoy this. Um, we, in the time of coronavirus, every single neighborhood has like, you know, certain things that you can get. Right. So mm. I biked to Chinatown today right. and waited in line to get into the Hong Kong supermarket and biked back over the bridge with my panniers full. I probably had 40 to 50 pounds. Of I stuff. could not believe you fit when you, when you <laughs> left, we said, this is going to be a disaster. You had like your panniers, you had a couple of bags. You were, the list of things you were going to get was incredibly Long. It was like you were packing for an expedition to the Arctic, and we said, this is going to be a disaster. There's no way he's going to get back with the 25-pound bag of rice, and the dried mushrooms, and the mung beans, and the yada, yeah. yada, yada, but you did it. Yeah, 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 it was fine. In fact, the bags are so deceptively large that I told Catherine I had forgotten the rice, and she believed me. Because the bag, the 25-pound bag of rice was at the bottom of the pannier. So I wasn't worried. The rope I brought to tie the bag of rice as like a sack, completely unnecessary. So, but I picked all this stuff up. And I picked some stuff up for my mom, who is going to be delivering tamales on Thursday. I picked some stuff up for my friend in Greenpoint, who hasn't been able to get to a Chinatown. But she is near a supermarket that does curbside delivery and they have semolina flour, and I've been hunting for semolina flour. Mm. So on Saturday, she's gonna get her Asian goods. I'm gonna get my semolina flour. And it, it just, we've, I keep joking that we've gone back to a barter economy, right? Like mm. sure, you still use your credit card at the supermarket, but between friends, like, you know, I feel like each neighborhood should gain like, a, you know, a name for like, oh, you can go to Greenpoint and you can get this. You can go there and you can get that. Well, I think that was kind of how it worked in the old times before big supermarkets and the Wegmans came in. I am wondering though, your friend in Greenpoint, are you going to do the famous G-Train soup trade? You know, I was literally just thinking about that. Let us, let us uh, explain this to our listeners. So in a pre-corona time, there is a great story about someone who had made too much soup and lived on one end of the G-Train and their friend on the other end of the G-Train who were they talking with was like, well, I'll have some. But they didn't want to ride the G-Train all the way mm. to, I think it was Williamsburg to, I don't know, Let's Borm call it Hill. Borm Hill. Yeah. So what they did is the person with the soup put, a no put it in a pot, put the pot in a bag, and wrote a note on the bag that said, like, this isn't a bomb, essentially, right? This is soup my friend in Borum Hill at this stop is going to pick it up. And they tweeted a photo of this, texted their friend and said, the soup just got on a G train. It is in the first car. 
and the soup arrives again. Like, no one had to go on the train. It worked perfectly. The G train gets a bad rep, but we live above it, and we love it. Great train. And I wish that was back. Not only because it just felt so New York, but also I haven't been on the train in over a month, which is just crazy. Everyone's unlimited Metro cards have completely lapsed at this point. If you still have one, donate it to a healthcare worker. There are programs set up to allow you to do that. Um, but yeah, Greenpoint to Fort Greene. It would be a perfect G-Train opportunity, um, but I think they're going to come by bicycle sometime this weekend. Mm. I feel, I love that story though. It feels like a story from a more innocent, innocent era. Yeah. Where like, ha 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 ha, it has a bomb instead of, oh my God, like when you went downstairs into the G-Train, which who knows how often it's running now, um, to pick up the soup, like did you then fully become, decontaminate yourself when you came back? Yeah, exactly, exactly. But anyway, going back to our original point, I do want to congratulate you on what is definitely your best baking project yet. Your sourdough today, I think it deserves like really a round of applause. I mean, it was almost a sensual object and it was just so damn good. So I'm excited for more sourdough to come. And now it's funny, like Rafi, obviously we spoke to him a couple days ago. Now I'm like texting my sister and trying to give her tips and like other people who have just started their sourdoughs are all asking me things. So, you know, even though I am the biggest noob of all time, having successfully done it and being like a couple days ahead of people, um, you know, now I am spreading the gospel and I, I hope Rafi, you're, uh, you're happy to hear that. I think we should go to our guest now, totally unrelated to sourdoughs. So we're going to do a hard pivot here. Uh, I'm really excited to talk to my friend, Audrey. She works in politics, and politics, in some ways, feels like it's kind of gone on the back burner now. Uh, you know, it's like, oh, wait, there's an election going on. But at the same time, I feel like it's, this is like it's the most political center. moment ever. So really curious to talk to her. Let's give her a call. Hey, Audrey, welcome to Coronapod. Hi, Matt. Hi, Adam. How are you guys? We're good. We're doing well. Great. How are you? Nice to be here. I'm good. So, Audrey, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about what you do? You work in politics, but that's all we've said. Um, So, why don't we start with that? Sure, yeah. Um, So, I work um, as a digital strategist. Um, so mostly I help, um, campaigns raise money online. Got it. Um, and my background is in communications and writing, um, and then sort of, um, in the last couple of years I've pivoted over specifically to, um, to kind of more, um, digital, like, um, organizing and fundraising. Got it. And I feel like, you know, politics has been thrown for a bit of a loop now, the 2020 campaign, both the presidential election, but the, you know, hundreds of thousands, really, of congressional and state races has also been kind of thrown up in the air. How has coronavirus impacted what's happening in the political digital strategy world? Yeah, um, I mean, I focus um, specifically, obviously, on, um, not obviously, but um, I work specifically with Democrats, um, so that's kind of been my focus. Um, I think that we're still waiting to see how a lot of it is going to pan out, um, and 
You know what? I'm hearing an echo. Well, we have very low sound quality, so that's probably it. <laughs> it sounds it sounds great on our end. So sorry, sorry that oh. we sound bad to you, but you sound great to us. Oh, okay. That's that's relieving to hear. All right, I just wanted to point that out. I can also pause for a second in case you need to edit this out. No, no, no. no, no we, no. we we keep everything. Yeah, we don't edit it on oh, principle. Oh, great. Oh, okay. Well, awesome. All right, we're gonna keep going then. Um, so I um I think that like we're still gonna just sort of wait to see and how like the coronavirus is going to affect um politics and like I think there are sort of like different like there are three sort of major areas that I'd be most concerned about. Um, and the first would be, you know, fundraising, which is where my focus is. Um, and I think that what we're seeing right now is a lot of campaigns are actually shifting to, um, using their fundraising apparatus to fundraise for charities and nonprofit organizations, um, which is really great. Um, there are also a lot of campaigns who have suspended like all of their fundraising efforts whatsoever. Um, and so, as well as, like, pretty much all in-person political events can't happen. You can't have rallies. You can't have, like, you know, dinners or fundraisers. Um, You can't really go out into the community because everyone is inside of their homes. Um, So that presents itself a lot of, like, obstacles in terms of, you know, organizing your community and getting the word out there. Um, And I think that that'll be a problem for everyone um, from like the presidential campaigns all the way down to, um, you know, state and local candidates. And is there concern amongst Democrats that, uh, you know, as fundraising gets harder because a lot of people are struggling financially and also as some campaigns, as you mentioned, shift their fundraising towards nonprofits or, or stop fundraising altogether, that that might put Democrats in a, in a tough position in the fall um, when they come up against Republicans in their, in their respective races. I think I saw just today that Trump raised something like $212 million just in the first quarter. So is that something you're thinking about? concern um but the encouraging um signs to me are that we are still like democrats are still fundraising um and even though you know we might be getting taking a hit republicans are also taking a hit um and democrats raise a lot of money in the first quarter um especially and there is a lot of momentum on our side still um and i think that um a lot of folks are obviously very overwhelmed and, um, you know, so many people have been displaced and have lost their sources of income. Um, and that is a really, really scary time for a lot of people. Um, and a lot of the times it feels like electoral politics is, like, not where their focus should be or what matters. Um, but the truth of the matter is the way that we're going to find a way to move forward and heal and make sure that we can build a society that actually works for more of us, um, that, like, we have to think about, you know, who we're electing. Um, and I think that seeing the way a lot of Republican leaders especially are responding to this, um, you know, many of them in very disappointing ways. I think that some have had, you know, obviously, like, you know, have done some good things. I think Governor Baker in Massachusetts um, took some pretty aggressive action early on. He also disappointed me in some other ways. Um, but I think that a lot of Democrats across the country are going to be able to kind of mobilize 
um, their supporters and say, like, listen, we need to do a better job. And I think that that can be a great opportunity to, you know, send a very progressive message. Um, and hopefully, you know, whatever the election in November looks like, um, that'll be, you know, a, that'll mark a shift. Um, and I'm hoping that Democrats do well, obviously. Got it. So you mentioned that some campaigns are suspended right now. Um, for the ones that aren't, what are what are the kind of the advertising programs looking like? Are they out there like having ads to try to raise more money for ads later? Um, are people? I guess you know there are maybe still some local primaries um, where people are still voting, so there might be kind of like ads for a specific candidate? What What's happening right now? Yeah, I mean, I think that a lot of the, um, the digital ad focus is more about, like, people just trying to gain an understanding of, of what's happening. Um, so there are a lot of uh, surveys and petitions. Um, I think that a lot of people are just trying to figure out, like, what how they should pivot and, like, what they should be focusing on and what people want to hear. Um, a lot of primaries either have taken place or have been suspend or have been postponed um, to the summer. So there are not like a whole lot of um, state and local campaigns in the coming like uh, elections in the next few weeks. But there will be some more, um, especially in June. There's been um, like a lot rescheduled to, to June. So I think that as we get closer to those elections, there probably will be a spike in, in digital ads. Um, I think that the source of fundraising revenue actually comes from email programs to begin with. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see. I think I've been paying more attention to like email and what that's looking like and how that's going to change. Um, and in the coming months, like especially as we get closer to the fall, um, digital ads are going to get really competitive, um, especially with, um, you know, depending on like what is going to be reopened or not. Got it. Well, when you talk about ads being competitive, I have some experience in kind of cost per click and things like that. And the issue is obviously that like the more attractive a certain demographic, the more expensive it gets. And the reason it gets more expensive is because more people are bidding on it. It sounds like sometimes the problem is that people, quote unquote, on the same side are bidding against each other. So, you know, a in a local election, that person is bidding against someone at for a state election or a federal election. Is there any way to kind of like solve that? Um, it, I'm laughing because right now we're joking about how all of the governors of all the states are saying, well, we have to form some way so that we can buy PPE without just bidding against ourselves. Um, and I right. feel like the, the same thing is happening here. Obviously, in the in the governor's case, they are supposed to have a functioning federal government that does that for them. What can happen kind of on a digital advertising side? Right. That's a great question. Um, So what we saw definitely um, in like the last quarter of 2019 when um, as we were gearing up for Iowa, so many different um, presidential campaigns on the Democratic side were just like saturating, um, you know, digital, like all of the sort of um, like Facebook and social media websites with ads. Um, and the problem was, therefore, it made it a lot more difficult for a lot of state and local candidates um, to put up their own ads. Um, so even though there were a lot of primaries and races happening um, on the, like, digital side of things, it just it was really, really difficult to compete with a campaign with millions and millions of dollars 
um, on Facebook or on Twitter. Um, and now, obviously, um, Twitter doesn't allow political ads. Um, but I think that the challenge then is going to be um, how folks can organize digitally if they're not using ads. Like, if you can't afford to run an ad, how are you going to get people to engage with you and your campaign on the Internet? Um, and I think that's going to look – people are going to start getting really creative. I know that a lot of folks are doing um, – you know, like online town halls or like Facebook live events or Instagram live events um, and just sort of trying to find different sort of like web platforms where they can still like have these virtual town halls and events to speak to people directly and also just get people to share with their own friends um, and networks what is happening. Um, and I think it's going to be a lot more kind of like word of mouth but digitally rather than digital ads necessarily all the time. Got it. Well, Audrey, thank you so much for coming on the show. This has been incredibly informative and all the best to you and uh, all the candidates you're trying to help out this fall. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I hope you guys take good care. We will try to do that. Stay healthy and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks. You too. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Okay. So since we're on the topic of politics... Well, I was just going to say, it sounds like everyone should, like, breathe in and enjoy the lack of, like, advertising. Because it sounds like it's coming back. It hasn't been canceled by Corona. It's definitely it's just, coming back. It's just been delayed a little. It's definitely coming back. And I will, I will say, uh, big fan of all the work Audrey's doing. Don't, not that excited for the internet to be completely inundated with political ads for, like, you know... Six months. Might make sense to switch to a shorter election period, a la the UK, although they've had their problems there. But but I interrupted you. <laughs> you were saying, since we're on the subject okay, of well, politics. Okay, well, we're on the subject of politics. I mean, I think you know where I'm going. I, I actually... Are, are we going to... Oh, yes. Um, I think every single community board member and every single independent business improvement district who is on Broadway, has sent a letter to Bill de Blasio saying, can you please shut down Broadway and give us pedestrian... Am I going in the right direction? Well, I was just going to say we need to shit up Bill de Blasio, and you're basically there. But the thing in is, a more constructive I, I'm, way, though. I'm not even doing it, right? When everyone who has agency over something is begging you to do it, and your answer is, well, New York is special. Oakland has done it. Denver has done it. Minneapolis has done it. All of Europe has done it. And you're like, it'll never work in New York. Like... He is so bad at his job. He really is. I have no sympathy for him anymore. Like, sure, I'm sure he's doing some things really well. But, like, I give all the credit for anything that's ever happened to Corey Johnson. And, like, Bill de Blasio, get off my five boroughs because you suck at your job. People are begging for open space. And you're just like, New York's just too special. It can't possibly happen here. The bad accent, but... I can't stand the man. I'm sorry for ranting. Rant accepted. I can't agree with you more. It's it's just so frustrating. It's like completely ridiculous. What a bumbling response. And so I'm glad that we talked about politics because it, it gave me an opportunity. It gave us an opportunity to talk about our favorite topic. Ugh. What a terrible job Bill de Blasio is doing. Ugh. All right. Adam, what, what's next? What, what do we got going on in the next day? I don't know. Probably some more sourdough. I'm thinking about croissants. Mm. Packy and I got this leg of lamb. How about you? Probably eating your croissant? Eating your sourdough? 
I hope you don't mind. And hanging with Momo. This has been Corona Pod. Thanks for listening. Until next time, stay healthy. Corona Pod is brought to you by Momo the Cat. Follow her at Momo underscore is underscore a underscore cat.